This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Yeah, what's going on, everybody? Welcome in to BetQLU, getting ready for the college basketball weekend ahead. We are now officially uh, what mid-February, so we are uh, basically a month away from the NCAA tournament. Uh, things are getting real in college basketball. Uh, we have our first high major firing, so the carousel has already gotten started, did not even wait until after the NCAA tournament. Uh, and, and as always, <clears throat> going to preview a big weekend slate. I'm John Martin here today, as always, joined by my man R.J. Choppy. Producer Zach Crow going to join us a little bit later. RJ, what's happening, brother? Yo, man, back from Vegas. Still, uh, still trying to catch up on sleep. I know there's no such thing, but uh, yeah, we're back. We're ready to go. Yeah, I feel like uh, I, I too feel like I've been in Vegas. Uh, I have not been in Vegas. I've been at home, but I uh, just welcomed. <laughs> Uh, my newborn son on Tuesday morning, and Ooh. I have not had any sleep since Monday night. So, uh, yeah, this has been, and that's part of it, right? It's what you sign up for, but it's definitely, uh, <laughs> you feel it. But I do feel like, you know, I've been in Vegas a few times, RJ, and I feel like uh, it builds you, prepares you for this moment, you know, because you don't sleep when you're out there either. No, I you don't you don't sleep at all. Uh, the guys I do a show with, I do a morning show here in Dallas Fort Worth. They always ask like, "How do you not take a nap during the day?" And it's like I've I've been to Vegas like forty times, man. Like it just it just doesn't doesn't affect me. I tiger blood, you know, just roll with it. The same thing with the kids, right? You got kids, you got kids. If you if you've had kids, you know you don't sleep. There's no such thing as catching up on sleep on the weekends. No, man, they got. No. They got to no. wake up at five thirty because they got a flag football game at seven fifteen. No, it's it's just kind of funny. Like before I had kids, like I was like I, I like prided myself on how young I looked, and and ever since I had kids, like I, I've aged mm-hmm. like a banana. I've aged like a like an expired banana, um, and so that's the trade off. <laughs> you know what I mean? Better than that's, an avocado. I, 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 you don't want to age like an avocado. I used to be vivacious. I used to have no bags under my eyes. I used to be fresh faced, and now I'm just—I just—I look like what I am, which is a uh, tired father of two. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. We got a lot to get to on the show today. RJ uh, is obviously a college basketball show. Now we have pivoted fully to college basketball, and earlier in the week, uh, a couple of, of things to touch on in terms of the games themselves. Um, Number twenty ranked number twenty one ranked Virginia, just as sort of they started to uh, pick up a lot of steam as one of those teams. That, hey, we need to watch out for this Virginia team. Is this going to be a Tony Bennett special here? Uh, they had won eight in a row. They lose to Pitt, Pitt at home as a seven and a half point favorite. Um, is that just is that reality catching up to Virginia? Or is it just one of those things where in conference play you're going to drop some? Like, where do you sort of 
come down on that result with Virginia RJ? You know, I don't I don't know that it's reality for them. You're, you're going to drop games to teams that you probably shouldn't. Again, these are these are kids. Now, now the problem with this that was it was a home game, right? Uh, that that that's a problem with this, and and they had gone on a really really nice stretch, you know, winning games on the road, winning games at home. Sometimes this is one of those things. It's a coach's dream, where you lose to a team you shouldn't lose to, and they get to really go to work on you over the next couple of days, and that I think is what happened here. You know, they, maybe they read their press clippings. They're like, okay, we're out of the woods here. We're going to be a tournament team. We're you know we're we're kind of settling in. And then, bam! You know, you 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 look up at the scoreboard, and you're down 11 with four right. minutes to go in the first half. Right? It's like, okay, how'd this happen? Now you're playing catch with the rest of the game, and you can just never catch up. So, I, I think yep. this is more of just a slip up, really. Yeah, I uh, I I don't think this Virginia team is singularly talented. Most years they're not. Right? Most years it's never about any one individual, um, you know, they did have, uh, you know, some NBA players. I think DeAndre Hunter was on that team that uh, that won the championship. But it's never really been about that. It's just been about they are going to play you in a way that nobody else is, is willing to do, which is keep these games in the 50s and low 60s. Um, yeah. and, and when they can do that, you know, I would I would definitely take them over most of the field just because nobody else plays that way. Nobody because nobody here's the rub with that. If that's the way that you play, you don't get NBA types. You just don't because no. who wants to sign up to play? You know that style. The other side of that though is if you can keep players in your program that learn how to win that way, you are deadly. You're a deadly team, and I know they're on the younger side, so. That's not necessarily what we're talking about for today, but if I was a, if I was a, you know, I don't know where Virginia's going to wind up, <clears throat> you know, on the seed line, but I would not want to see them if I'm a top three seed, because if I have a bad day, RJ, Virginia is exactly the kind of team that will capitalize. They will actually make me have a bad day, and that's kind of the team I just do not ever want to see in the tournament. Yeah. So look at look take it take right now for example, right. Lenardi has them as the eighth seed, all right, with UConn. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, if you're UConn, do you want to run into them in the next round? Like, I, no. Like, there's, there's a lot not. of eight seeds that I would much yeah. rather see. I would much yeah. rather see Michigan State. I'd much rather see Florida. I'd much rather see, like, uh, a Texas who's got athletes, good players. Mm-hmm. I'd much rather see St. Yep. Mary's. Uh, Virginia? Yep. No, man. They play a dirty. I don't say dirty. They play it. It's a, it's a, it, they want you to. They want to draw you into the mud. They want to draw no, you into wanna, the mud. Yeah, it. I mean, they want to make it a a, a muck a mucked yeah. up game. Yeah, I mean, that's where they operate. That's where they're comfortable. Yeah, it reminds me a little bit of the nineties. Absolutely. Now, look, the best teams can win in both both ways, right? The best ones, but that doesn't mean that every high seed is capable of doing that like a North Carolina type of team. Um, you know, I think that's a team that you could pick off there. Obviously, they're in the same league, but that's kind of where I'm at. It reminds me a little bit, 12 years ago when I was covering Memphis full-time every single day, they had a team that had Will Barton on it, you know, all-conference type teams and uh, players, I should say, and they ran into, uh, God rest his soul, 
Rick Majerus and the St. Louis Billikens in the first round in the 8-9 game. And Memphis yep. was like, not even, it wasn't even close to talent. Supremely more talented, supremely more athletic. But St. Louis and Rick Majerus, they just beat you into submission, man. And I don't remember what the final score was. But by the end of it, Memphis hated each other. The players were arguing with each other coming out of the timeout. They didn't know what to do. You know, that's what playing Virginia can be like. You know, yeah. that's kind of – that's what you don't want to have. Remember the uh, Utah Final Four run, like when they had Andre Miller running the point, right? That was, what, 97 or whatever? I mean, they ran into yeah. a Carolina team that had Vince Carter and Antoine Jameson on it. I mean, there was no way that yep. Utah should have won that game. But, you know, Andre Miller turned out to be a 15-year pro, a good one at that, and they got you. They got dirty. They pushed the yep. ball when they had to. They slowed it up when they wanted to, and Carolina never got going. They just never got going in that game. You can have those games. Virginia can do that to teams, especially if they get good guard play. Um, you know, this tournament's been around. It's been about good guard play uh, for as long as I can remember. Basically, since the three-point line came in, this has been about guards. Yeah, and while we're uh, on the topic of the ACC, RJ, North Carolina, seventh-ranked team in America, goes down earlier this week. Uh, on Tuesday night to Syracuse as an eight-and-a-half-point favorite. We talked a little bit about Virginia and sort of the the grind of the season. Um, is that something that you feel like is, is hitting Carolina, just that wall, like, hey, we know we've beaten some really good teams and they're just kind of bored with the season, or, or, or is there something maybe uh, that, that is getting exposed in this stretch? Like, where do you sort of come down on what you're seeing from the heels here lately, RJ? Yeah, because it's like they've they've lost the teams that, you know, they really shouldn't have. Like, they shouldn't have lost to Georgia Tech because Georgia Tech followed that up with an absolute stinker against Wake Forest. Yeah. One that I bet on. <laughs> that I bet on in Vegas. Thank you for that tip. Legendary yeah, bet. Fantastic bet. But, um, yeah, you know, they, they haven't played great. You know, Miami's not a great team. They barely beat them. They lose to Clemson. Um, they had a good win against Duke. You know, maybe that Georgia Tech game was a, was a, was a look ahead. Um, because their very next game was against Duke, but that that Syracuse law, I mean, that is Syracuse is not a good team. And, and I know Jim Beheim could come on and, and he could say how the ACC has like eight conference uh, uh, NCAA tournament teams. Uh, like they're just not very good, and and there's not really a reason why you should be losing to them. You should not if, not if you're a Final Four team. Now every team's going to have their their hiccups, right? But to have two hiccups in a week and a half, two weeks, uh, yes. it's not good. Not good this time of year. Yeah, I uh, I struggle with them. Uh, I, I feel like you should think that they're a Final Four outfit, um, given some of the things that they've done. But I don't necessarily think that uh, because they're just they're they're so top heavy dependent. And I you know not I don't even think that extends to three players really too, RJ and Armando and. Can they defend at the level that you have to defend at, you know, to win, to win, to win it all? And I don't know the answer to that. I don't, I'm not going to panic, but at the same time, I'm starting to sort of feel like this this group does have a ceiling, and that's why, like, even if you know, at BetMGM, like they never, you know, they never really got major love in the national championship market, and I think that is probably why. Uh, okay. Uh, 
other news before we get out of here for this first segment. Uh, we do have our first high major firing, and that is Ohio State's Chris Holtman. He was 137-85 and 85, uh, in six-plus years there at Ohio State. Did make the tournament four times, but he never made a Sweet 16. You know, uh, who knows what would have happened during COVID, but their best team, it felt like, as the two seed, uh, they went down to, to Oral Roberts. So, um, in your mind, RJ, is this a great job uh, at Ohio State? Um, what do you just make of the decision and, and, and what happens from here? Well, it tells you that they're serious about winning. Uh, if they're willing to pay out, you know, 12, 13, 14 million dollars on a coach on a buyout for college basketball. Uh, they're serious about winning. You know that. I think it's a pretty good job. It's, um, you know, it, it's like a, a, it's a, it's your standard upper echelon, not elite, but upper echelon Big Ten SEC job. You know, it's not Kentucky. It's, uh, it's, it's not, say, uh, you know, Carolina, Dukes, Kansas, not your blue blood. But it's in your next tier, right? It's 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 a it's Michigan. It's um it's a good job. It's a solid yeah. college basketball job. You have that job, you can retire there, right? You win, you're good. I think it's I think it's a job that uh, will have a lot of takers. It would not surprise. I, I think the most obvious choice for me, I'm just going down to Cincinnati and, and going to Xavier. I'm getting Sean Miller. That that's who I would go get. Uh, yeah, he, he knows the state. Uh, he has succeeded at the Power Five level. And, you know, he had some issues there at Arizona. But, I mean, let's be fair, those issues are gone away the way the new NCAA is. That's kind of where I would lean. I think it's a great job. I think I think Dusty May would be great for it. I think Nate Oates, if he wanted to leave Alabama, would be good for it. There's, there's a lot of options they've got there at Ohio State. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, obviously he'd be probably my first call. Also, Dusty May at FAU. Dusty May is going to have his pick you know, of, of Ohio State or India. I think, I think Dusty May is amazing. I think if you can assemble that team at a place like FAU, which has legitimately no history, no tradition at all, I know that FAU has not had the back-to-back season that people hoped or expected, uh, but I would also caution you that it's February 15th, and uh, that's a team that could very well be there at the end of it all, just like they were a year ago, so... Uh, I think those are the two, though. Um, and I agree with you. I think it's a, you know, the way it goes now is just like, you know, what's your NIL? And I'll tell you how good your job is. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think it's pretty much yeah. that simple in 2024. And I think the NIL is good at Ohio State. And if they're willing to fire a coach in the middle of the year, I think that sort of, as you said, speaks to the urgency. So they can get who they want. It's that it's that type of job, and that makes it a good job. All right, we'll come back. We're going to go over uh, the trust tree. There's some criteria we know that uh, pretty much always determines the national champion in college basketball. And we'll see of the teams that meet it, which we trust. We'll do that and more. You're watching BetQLU on the BetQL Network. All right, welcome back to BetQLU here uh, as part of Odyssey Sports. The BetQL Network can be found on YouTube. Uh, It can be found on Twitch. We air every weekend throughout the college basketball season, helping get you ready for of course, the tournament run. Uh, listen, turns out, RJ, we have a uh, we have a basketball botanist on staff here. Our producer Zach, and every single year, I'll just let him explain it. Zach, welcome to the show. As always, uh, tell us uh, how you have formed your trust tree here. 
Yes, guys. So I wanted to say when it comes to college basketball and what exactly the criteria is for the teams that have won national championships over the course of the last two decades, I found some very interesting information. And I'll start off by saying that 18 of the last 20 teams that have won national championships have ranked in the top 20 in offensive or adjusted offensive efficiency and in the top 20 of adjusted defensive efficiency. And I did some research on Kempom. Anyone who's a college basketball fan knows just how important, just how helpful that tool is. And I wanted to go over some teams with you guys that either fall into that criteria right now, again, rank top 20 in adjusted offensive and defensive efficiency, or teams that rank in the top 20 in one category and are right on the outside. And I want to see now, how real you guys... Quick before we get into the teams, Zach, I want to ask, do you know yeah. if this is ranked in those categories at the start of the tournament? Is it at any, like, like what's the cutoff? Because I know UConn last year, for example, it, I mean, I, I don't think they hit that until like the very tail end of the year. Uh, they were not that for most of it, right? Yeah, at the start of the tournament, uh, this is. So right on gotcha. selection Sunday. Gotcha. gotcha, okay. So the first team I wanted to start off with, you guys, is, of course, the team that's going to have all of the pressure on them when it comes to the tournament this year, and that's Purdue. They rank number two in adjusted offensive efficiency and number 14 in defensive efficiency. And keep in mind, even though this is going to be a team that is likely going to be a number one seed, Matt Painter, we know as a coach, he just has not really been able to get the job done in the NCAA tournament. In the last three big dances, Purdue has lost to double-digit seeds. RJ, I'll start with you. Do you trust Purdue or not? I do. I think their backcourt is better than it has been. Uh, the players have improved. Um, I will say this. like, I, I, oh, and, also, and Edie's a, it's a good free-throw shooter. And I think that plays into it. You know, you get into these situations and you can just kind of hack a shack your way. You, you can't really do that with Purdue. They've passed the eye test. They've passed the metric test. They're a really good team. Are they my? Fa- they would not probably be my favorites to win, but I think they're. I think they're a legitimate team. Now that said, you can knock them off if if Zach gets two fouls in the first four minutes of the game. The entire game changes. He's out for the rest of the half. You have a chance. Um, that that's what it's going to take. You're going to have to get him into foul trouble. You could do it. You absolutely can do it. It's just going to be difficult. If he does not get – if he doesn't get his third foul until about 10 minutes to go in the game, you're you're in trouble. You're going to be in trouble. John? Yeah. I uh, I have some trust in Purdue. I'm not, I'm not all the way there. I have some. I think that was an option. So I think that's like – I appreciate having the cop-out option here. Uh, because that's exactly what I'm going to do. I agree with a lot, a lot of what RJ just said. I mean, their backcourt with the addition of Lance Jones is better. Uh, Braden Smith's a year older. You know, um, they're they're a, a heady, high IQ basketball team, and and you add a guy like Lance Jones, who I you know I watched pretty much the full game against Wisconsin a couple weeks ago, going on the road there in a desperation spot that Wisconsin really needed. Uh, Purdue was just they were they were killers honestly I mean it was kind of cold blood the way they went in there and handled that um, so I think that's a that's a new level for them because that's what you w- wondered about um, with that being said they did rely in that game a lot on their jump shots and 
they don't really have any downhill creator, any downhill athlete that can get to the rim, you know, and, and sort of force the issue in that way. So that's the only area where I feel like they can be exploited is if you just, if they just have a bad night from the, from the field. Um, but I still think it's a good enough team to certainly exercise the demons of going out in the first round. I mean, I think at worst, they're probably a sweet 16 team. Um, and that's at the absolute worst. So I would say I have some trust in them. One thing I'd say with them as well is their guards are a year older. I think last year that was a big thing that kind of put a lot of people off was that they had two freshman guards and Braden Smith. He's one of the best guards in the country. I think they go as he goes. The next team I wanted to run by you guys is Arizona. And it's funny with them. This is another team kind of similar to Purdue. They were upset early in the tournament last year, and they had some moments this year throughout conference play that kind of got you a little bit nervous losing on the road to Stanford, uh, one of those results. But I was really impressed with what they did this past week going on the road to Utah and Colorado, one of the hardest road trips in college basketball, and picking up two impressive victories. Right now, they rank number four in offensive efficiency, number 15 in defensive efficiency. John, I'll keep it with you. What do you think about Arizona? Uh, absolutely all the way. I'm, I'm ready to, to propose. I, mean, I love this damn team. <laughs> I mean, I, I really think they have the ingredients to win it all. Um, Caleb Love is one of the most scrutinized players in college basketball, and his numbers have have never been better for his career. You know, that happens sometimes. Sometimes you're just in a situation that you have to get out of for one reason or another, um, and you got to go somewhere else to thrive, um, and he's doing it. His career, he's up uh, from the floor, from three. His turnovers are down. His points are up. Um, he, he's just a great fit. And uh, Boswell is a year older. Um, I just – I love this team a lot. You're bringing guys like Jaden Bradley off the bench. Uh, th- this Arizona team, they kind of got the moniker, it feels like, it, perceptionally, as like the uh, West Coast version of Purdue, but uh, that ain't going to happen to this Arizona team. I think they're going to be in Phoenix in the Final Four, um, and I see, no, I see no real reason why they can't win it all. So it's way trust. Love this team. RJ? Yeah, I, I trust them too. My my only hesitancy would be is if they really haven't beat a great team lately. You know, like they haven't had anybody on their schedule lately that's really, really great. Um, you know, they lose to Florida Atlantic. Um, they lose to Purdue. Uh, but then they beat Duke, right? And that was earlier in the year, and Duke was struggling earlier in the year. But I guess that would be my hesitancy. But, I mean, they have all the makings of, of a really good team. They've got good guard play. Uh, they've got enough size, and and they can, and and they're just talented all in general. And plus, their route to the Final Four is going to be, you know, they're going to be able to play out in LA. It's not far. It's it's going to be a, a very pro Arizona crowd. And then, of course, they got basically a home court advantage in the Final Four. So, I, I, I'm going to buy in. All right, we will go to the SEC next, and I wanted to talk about Auburn. This is a team that ranks number 16 right now in offensive efficiency and number four in defensive efficiency, and I watched them a little bit on Wednesday night against South Carolina. They just dominated them from start to finish, and one thing I'll say about Auburn is they're a team to me, I feel like when they're playing at their best, they could beat anyone in the country. They almost remind me a little bit of UConn last year, but the question is consistency. Can they just show that gear consistently throughout a six-game stretch? RJ, I know you're the SEC guy. I'll uh, keep it with you. What do you think about Auburn? Man, I I think Auburn's a really solid squad, and and that Florida game 
threw me off for a little bit because I, I just don't think they got up for it. And, you know, they also lose. But, again, that was a road game. They have not played great on the road. Um, that's their bugaboo is that they have they have failed on the road in, in big games. Good news is they don't have to go on the road in the tournament. They're all neutral site games. I love Bruce Pearl. I'm a huge Bruce Pearl fan. Uh, I don't I don't think Bruce – Bruce is – he gets his team up for the big games, right? Like, he, he will get them going for the big games. I don't think he's the greatest tactician. Um, but he doesn't necessarily need to be. Um, they're, they're, they'll make a run. They're, they're a solid team. I don't know if they're a title contender. Um, I, don't, I don't know their talent is on the level of, say, you know, Purdue or UConn, but they're definitely a good team, and they could definitely make a Final Four run. John? Yeah, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say some trust, and I think the, the most what, – what's really keeping me um, – and, I, and, I, and I, when I'm evaluating these things, it's a big uh, factor for me is what you do away from home. Auburn is is unbelievable at home. They're like Iowa State, right? Iowa State's home court advantage, Kansas home court advantage. Like all that's fantastic, and it's going to help you in the regular season, and teams are not going to want to play there and all of that. But the tournament is not played in Auburn, Alabama, right? It's just not. What are you doing away from there? Um and the results have been very much mixed for them. The talent is definitely there to go on an Elite Eight type of run. I mean, Bruce has gotten the Final Four with Auburn. So, like, I just – like, I'm try- trying to figure out, like, is trust – me like, uh, they trust them to win a national championship? I would say no. I trust them, as RJ said, to make a second weekend type of run, and it even wouldn't shock me if they wind up in Phoenix. But I, I just feel like the results aren't quite where I would want them to be uh, on the, uh, away from Auburn to really get involved with them from a national championship perspective. Arizona, for example, we know that. We've, they've done that. They've played big games away from home on a neutral. They've been tested uh, and been successful in a way that I'm still kind of waiting for with Auburn. Okay, we will now take a look at some teams that, again, they're top 20 in one category, and even though they're not top 20 in the other, they're right on the fringe, and by the time we do get to Selection Sunday – they could definitely find themselves in the 2020 club. Let me ask you guys about Creighton. This is a team that made the Elite Eight last year. They currently rank number 17 in offensive efficiency, number 30 in defensive efficiency. But they've had some head-scratching losses over the course of the last few weeks. They have most of that team uh, back from uh, last year that made the Elite Eight as well. Uh, RJ, I'll throw it over to you. What do you think of Creighton? I like Creighton. I don't know that Creighton is as I'm not going to pick them to, to make a, a Final Four run, but I, I think Creighton is a second weekend uh, team. I think that they can make the second weekend. It's going to come down to draw, uh, obviously. But yeah, I, I think Creighton. I think Creighton's a good, a, a good solid like middle of the um, of the seed line type squad that a big boy doesn't want to play. I, I think they're really. I think they're a really good team. They're well coached. I kind of like them. I don't love them, but I like them. Creighton's a big boy, RJ. And, I mean, they, they are a big boy. You know, I get it, but they, they are one of them. I will, I will say I agree with, I agree with everything you, that you just laid out. Um, Creighton, and I, and, I, and I watch him pretty much every game because uh, one of my best friend's son is on the team, uh, Mason Miller. So I watch uh, pretty much all their games. I've been to their games. I was there when they lost to UNLV. And the thing with Creighton, they drive me up the freaking wall, man, because they can look like they can look unbeatable sometimes. 
and then they can run into a tough athletic team and get kind of out physical and get run out of the building. Um, here's how I here's what I would say. I trust Creighton against a team that doesn't have an athletic big. But if they have somebody that can really effectively guard the screen and roll with Ryan Cogbrenner, like that Xavier game is a perfect example. They could not slow him down. He was just getting to the rim every time off that roll, and Xavier had no answer for it. They don't have a big man. You know, if you're a team that does, you can have success against Creighton because they, they really lean on two things, three shot and Cogbrenner rolling. If you take at least one of those things out with Cogbrenner rolling, could be a long night for Creighton. So I'm going to say I trust them some, but it really, really is dependent on the matchup for them. Okay, before we get out of here, guys, I will say this. We have about 90 seconds left. Are there any other teams that just met, that are in one category in the top 20 but just missed in the other that we want to hit on quickly? We have Creighton, who we just hit on, BYU, Duke, Marquette, Wisconsin, Michigan State, New Mexico, and Iowa State. Do we feel a strong way about any of those teams before we get out of here? I, 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 I really want to love Duke. Uh, I don't know where you are on them, RJ, but Jerry McCain, to me, is showing that he might have a chance to be one of the best guards in college basketball. I just don't know if if you can get away with playing Filipowski at the five uh, and Ryan Young at the five, you know, in high leverage games. But the guard play, I feel like, can be can get a lot better still. Um, I, I want to love him, but I just worry about Filipowski at the five long term. I worry about him, too. I'll tell you, BYU is a team – if you go through that Big 12, which is a nightmare, you get through that and you're basically not getting – they haven't really been upset. You know, they've, they've only lost the teams that are just a little bit better than them when they go up in weight class. I think they're really good. I, I, I think they're a really sound basketball team. I, I, I don't think that they're obviously going to make too many waves, but I think if BYU finds a way to get a favorable draw, they can they can win a game or two. I, I think BYU might be falling in that, that uh, just-missed bracket for me. Yeah. All right. We're going to preview the Saturday slate, the weekend slate. When we come back, there's some intriguing matchups. Is it, is it the best slate ever? It's not, but there's still definitely some compelling matchups uh, on the schedule. And we'll give out some picks and some previews. When we come back, you're watching BetQLU here on the BetQL network back after this. Welcome back to BetQLU. Uh, big college basketball slate this weekend, as always. Uh, and let's go over it, RJ, uh, as we always do. And as we always tell you, these are Ken Palm projected lines. Sometimes uh, these numbers are totally different. Sometimes they are right on them. So take that for what it's worth. Okay, this is an, inter- an interesting one to kick it off. Uh, we'll start in the noon hour. Both teams coming off of L's. Wake Forest at Virginia, RJ. Virginia projected minus one. Man, I uh, I bet against Wake Forest one time this year, and that was when they were a five-point favorite over to Georgia Tech. I am not making that mistake again. Give me Wake Forest and the point. I'll take the point there, and I'll take the Deeks. I had uh, I had Duke minus seven against Wake Forest uh, uh, the other night. I don't know if you guys happen to see the ending in that one. It was quite controversial in terms of the spread. Did you did any of you guys did either of you guys see that? No. Mark I didn't Mitchell. See that. Mark Mark Mitchell gets the ball with Duke up seven. And Wake Forest is not gonna foul, right? 
He happens to be in transition. He dunks the ball with like 12 seconds left and the shot clock off to put Duke up by nine. So if you had Wake Forest minus seven, Wake, excuse me, Wake Forest plus seven, Wake Forest plus seven and a half, you went from a winner to a loser or pushed uh, and, a, and a winner to a loser on both. But here's the other thing. Here's the craziest part about it. Duke actually fouled uh, on oh. the trip up, and it was a one and one, right? But Duke didn't mm-hmm. know that. So he misses the first one. Filipowski rebounds it, doesn't oh. do anything. The shooter comes over, steals the ball with no one from Duke even reacting, but he loses it out of bounds after he steals it. Like it was, and Duke just dribbles it out. And that was like, that was like, oh, that's why sports betting's hard. That's that's yeah. why it's very difficult because of a situation like that. Uh, I like Virginia. I like Virginia to bounce back. I just, I think Wake Forest is really way too dependent on the three. Um, and they were brutal against Duke. They were just brutal. And, and when it doesn't go on the road, it can get ugly in a hurry. So I am just going to take the, the home team in this one. All right, moving on. Texas Tech at number 10 ranked Iowa State. Iowa State minus six, RJ. Uh, I like Iowa State to win this one, uh, but I'm I'm going to take Tech in the points. Uh, I, I think they're. I don't think they're terrible. And when they played, you know, good teams. You know, look, they they Tech has a. I'm sure Iowa State. Um, you know, they've lost. They've lost. They lost to BYU. Uh, they lost to Oklahoma. Uh, then again, they beat Texas. They beat TCU. I think this is a game that Iowa State wins. I don't know that they cover. I wouldn't touch the spread from Iowa State perspective. Yeah. Much more likely to touch it on the Red Raider side. Uh, I do want to hit this last game of the noon window here because it is SEC country. Texas A&M on the road at number 15 ranked Alabama. Alabama minus 10, RJ. Too many. Too many points, man. Too many points when another team's got good players. A&M's got good players on their team. They can put up a stinker on you. You know, we saw them yep. last week. I mean, they they, they destroyed Tennessee. Uh, and I think Tennessee's probably a little bit – they're about the same, maybe a little better than Alabama. Um, I'll, I'll take I'll take A&M. You're going to give me 10? You're going to give me 10 yes. points? I'm going to take them. I am in total agreement. I don't think you're going to get 10 is my guess. Um, I think this is probably going to be something that's closer to six and a half, seven. That would ultimately be where I uh, I believe this winds up because the market and Ken Palm have not been agreeing. You know, they just have it this right. year. Uh, and so I think you're going to see uh, a little bit of a difference in the line here. All right. Uh, let's uh, let's stay in the SEC, uh, RJ. We have number 22-ranked Kentucky at number 13-ranked Auburn. Kentucky finally gets it right. They get they get things right with Ole Miss earlier in the week. Auburn, as we know, destroyed South Carolina, uh, who was flying high, just destroyed everything they stood for. And that number is now projected uh, Auburn minus 10. Dude, uh, I again, that's a lot of points. But they play really well at home. Uh, really well. I'm, I'm actually gonna take. I'm gonna take Auburn in the ten here. I mean, this is. I, I think this is a Kentucky team that doesn't know what they're getting night to night. They they don't know. And neither does Cal. They don't. They have no yeah. idea what they're who they're gonna be. Auburn, you know, when they play at home, 
but they're going to be a they're they're a juggernaut man at home. So give me Auburn in the ten. It's a lot of points. It's a lot of points to give up to those kids. Again, that that line's probably not going to be ten, but that's a lot of points to give those kids. Yeah, two things uh, on this one, real quick. Uh, I was on Kentucky minus eight and a half against Ole Miss. I know there are a lot of people on Ole Miss, but I like that game at home because Ole Miss, where 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 Kentucky really struggles, where you can really get them, it's where Gonzaga got them. It's where a lot of teams have been getting them, is on their interior. Uh, they just don't fare well against bigs that can get it done and produce at a high level. And Ole Miss does not have those. Auburn does. Auburn does. Janai Broom is one of the best in the country, and I just think this is going to be a long night for those young Kentucky bigs. That's just kind of how I feel about it. So uh, I know Kentucky's still trying to find that mix. I don't think Big Z played against Ole Miss. Uh, so I think they're still trying to find that mix of which guys, whether it's, uh, you know, uh, Onyesu or whether it's, uh, you know, Bradshaw or whoever it may be. Trey Mitchell got banged up, and he didn't come back with a shoulder injury. So it is a lot of points. Reed Shepard can can go off, but Auburn at home with their big play, I just think this is an Auburn team that's going to cover that number is my guess. So I will take the uh, Auburn minus 10. Uh, okay, a couple more here, RJ. This probably is the game of the weekend, just on paper. Uh, number four ranked Marquette at number one ranked UConn. UConn on the Ken Palm projection, minus seven. Uh, I'm going to bet – I am not betting against UConn um, for, for a very long time. I, I just won't do it. That team is on a mission, man. I, I feel bad for anybody going up against UConn right now. I mean, they are not, they're, not, they're not beating teams. They're like – they're taking their soul. They mm. really are. They are t- – I, and I have to go back. I'm like, all right, how did they lose? How did they lose to Seton Hall? Like, I know they're all healthy now, and they got guys that are – they're finally hitting shots. Now, are they playing yep. a juggernaut schedule? No, but it's it's a, it's a good enough one. I mean, they're, they got several tournament teams that they have just run through. Um, I'm going to take UConn. I'm going to take UConn here. Too good. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't really like Marquette, man. I don't. I don't. I don't like them. I mean, I I just never really have bought them, um, and I I. I told you guys I have a my new religion is never betting against UConn. Not necessarily betting them every game, but never betting against them. And seven does feel like the tippy top range of what I would ever want to get involved in. But I just I'm not that's not a that's not a spot I want to get involved in. And I look I know I know Marquette is is hot. I get it. I understand that they are uh, you know playing their best basketball at the right time. But I just, for whatever reason, I just don't feel it with them. Uh, you know, as a top five team goes, like, and again, I can't even quantify it really because they have yeah. a lot of what you look for. They have great point guard play. They have some guys that do all the intangibles. Cam Jones from Memphis lighting it up. But I don't know. It just feels like there's a little uh, something missing with them. And and I know that seems like a vapid thing to say because I'm not even quantifying it. But we'll you'll see yeah. what I'm talking about in about a month oh, yeah. and a half. All right. Yeah. You're I mean, gonna look, see. look at their last eight games. Their last eight games, they've beat Villanova twice and St. John's twice. That's half their wins. Another That's one's right. against Georgetown. Georgetown is awful. Um, yes. DePaul is an amazing program. The best yeah. in the country. Best country. They're best on their way back. back. And then Seton Hall. Right. All right. 
I have one good one in there. I mean, maybe two at St. John's. And yeah, I guess at St. John's. And, so three. Yeah, okay. Three and those those are fine wins. But I mean, you know, their win against Creighton, I thought was much better. But then they, you know, they they then they go on the road, they lose to Seton Hall, they lose to Butler. You know, all right, they beat Texas. Cool. That's a revenge game for for Shaka. They right. lose to Purdue. They beat Kansas. That was earlier in the year. They beat they beat uh, Illinois too. I, I don't know, man. Like they're they're good, but I, I think a lot of their late surge has been, you know, beaten up against garbage. Yeah, schedule thing. Um, then the last game I want to hit with you, RJ. Uh, it is a rematch game. It's Texas at number three ranked Houston. Houston minus eleven at Ken Palm. Can can Texas find a way to keep this one interesting? Well, they did. They did when they were playing at home against uh, Houston a couple of weeks back, and Houston was down what twelve in that game. Winds up winning. Uh, I, I, I don't. I don't think Houston's going to slip up again. No, I, I don't think Texas could keep it close enough to scare them. I mean, they may lose, you know, by six or eight points, but I, I think more likely than that is that they lose by eleven to thirteen somewhere in there. I, I think Texas is a good team, but. Houston is just – they're a borderline great team. They're one that we that I keep forgetting about, I'll be honest with you, because they, they, don't, they don't play a flashy style of basketball. Um, I'm not sitting around just – I'm not betting on them very often because usually there's not a whole lot of value there with their number, but I think yeah. they're a dangerous team. And then finally, real quick before we get out of here, uh, NCAA football 25. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm ready. I am ready. I, I, I just got the letter. Uh, I've been hired as the Akron Zips head coach uh, oh, wow. for the 2020. Yeah, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take over for Akron. Um, I thought about Bowling Green. I, I did UConn. I took UConn to the championship one year. You know what? I may turn the Akron do- job down and just go coast to Carolina. I want to play in that teal blue turf, baby. I'm ready. Yeah, it'll be cool, you know. I am anxious to see, like, do you get a chance to, like, convince guys not to enter the portal? Do you talk to the NIL collectives? You know, like, what's the uh, what's the limit here going to be in terms of the uh, immersiveness? It needs to have that. Yeah. It needs to have that because the game has changed the last year. So I'll, I'll tell you this, man. I am uh, I'm going to I'm going to manage. I'm going to be a coach just like Dabo. I'm going to ignore the portal. I'm going to, and I'm just going to win without the portal, and I'm going to win without the NIL. I'm going to take us back to the Stone Age. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to dominate this thing, man. I, I you know, I don't. I, I'm terrible at MLB The Show. Um, I can't play FIFA. Uh, the the golf PGA Tour golf, I'm just awful at. I don't even bother with Madden anymore. It's a terrible game. But this one, I'm going to master this. Just to, just like I did back in the day, Nebraska. You're bringing back the triple option, baby, and we're going to make it work. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen, uh, with the release of that, that one. Hey, that's going to do it for us on this or BetQLU on the BetQL Network. Catch us on Odyssey, catch us on YouTube, catch us on Twitch, wherever you get your content. Appreciate you spending the week with us. For RJ Chop, I'm John Martin. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. 
because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 